Welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. I'm your host, Corey Graham. Join us here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where the independent new authors come first. I'm really happy to welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable author David Williams, David of Havel. He's got a new book out called Poetic Anthology, Haiku, Senryu, and Short Stories. David, thank you for joining me tonight. Thank you. Can you tell me all about the Poetic Anthology you have released? Uh, it's it's about different experiences and, and family stories and poems that I have more or less had in my mind, you know, from growing up and whatnot. Mm. How long did it take you to collect all these things from such a vast period of time and get them into the format to be published? Well, actually, I had a lot of poems. You know, sometimes you, you don't think about having them published. And I had, you know, a poem on this paper here and a poem on that paper there, and, and they're all laying around. Mm. So it's a, a, a computation of things that I thought about when I was young, things that I did when I, I lived in Atlanta for a couple of years, and just would write things as I was feeling them. And, you know, you always had friends that say you should try and get that published. And that's basically what I finally decided to do at an old age. Have you ever been published before? No, no, I haven't. Congratulations. How's it feel now that you can look in the mirror and say, hey, now I'm officially a published author? Well, you know, it brings a smile on your face. Mm. You feel pretty good about it. And then it kind of leaves a little something for my kids and grandkids that they can kind of look at, and think about and reminisce about. Plus, uh, hopefully to inspire them to want to write. I've got five grandchildren. Three of them are in college. And then I've got one in high school and one getting ready to go to high school. So they're at that age where where they're able to kind of start, you know, grasping the things in life that, you know, influence you. Would you have plans on maybe writing and releasing more to be published? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this kind of not only uh, got me feeling pretty good about things, but it, there are other things that, that uh, I have that I, that, that I will publish in a, a second book. Yeah, I'm working on uh, different things now. Now you focus on haiku, senryu. Uh, what draws you to that style? Well, after I was exposed to haiku, I, I really, I really liked it. And uh, normally the haiku is about nature, and the senryu is just about happenings in life. So mm -hmm. between nature and living, uh, just kind of forces you to compact a thought or a situation. And it, it helps to kind of compact the thought. And then it takes quite a bit sometimes. Now those are pretty rigid formats, very set standards. How long does it normally take you to work your thought and, and convey that feeling in, in so few words? Well, there's like a constant rewrite. You know, you have an idea, you put it down, and then uh, you'll go back and you'll read it later. And then you'll, you'll have another thought related to that, and then you rewrite and edit and rewrite and edit until you, you feel like you're satisfied with something that demonstrates the full meaning of, of what you want to say. Yeah, it's truly an art that takes a lot of patience and, and skill to develop. 
Well, yeah, being retired, you know, I have a, <laughs> a lot of time. <laughs> Would you have words of advice now for aspiring authors who are looking to get their work out there to the world? Yeah, just just to go ahead and do it. I, I regret that I didn't uh, catalog and keep things together, but a lot of times in the past I would just write things and you, you lay it down and, and then uh, forget where you put it at. I live alone and sometimes I have, uh, I have four sisters, so they'll come by the house and help me to straighten up and clean up. And sometimes I think they don't realize that they're throwing away papers that actually had poems and different writings on them. Well, we're certainly looking forward to seeing more books from you out there, David. The name of the book is Poetic Anthology, Haiku, Senryu, and Short Stories. Of course, written by David Williams, David of Hawville, and published by Fulton Books. You can find it everywhere that you get your reading material, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and down the street at your local bookstore, too. David, thank you again for joining me. I had a really nice time talking about your book and just a really great time chatting with you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I'm very happy to welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable, author China Baini Ogden. China's new book is called The Adventures of Aslan and Nia. And China, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Can you tell me about the story that you've wrote in The Adventures of Aslan and Nia? It's about two cats, Aslan and Nia, who protect their home when the humans leave from the evil within. And in this case, Aslan and Nia must protect their friends in the home from evil fluffers flip and flop. Hmm. Where did the idea for this come from? My wonderful cats. <laughs> I have uh, Aslan who he likes to play with lots of things, especially shoes. And I had this sandal that was super furry and I just, it just came to me. It was wonderful. <laughs> Prior to this, have you been published or have you written? No, this is my first published book. And then yes, I have written like a couple short stories and mm. some poems. Congratulations on getting that first book out there. That's a big deal. Thank a lot you. of work and a lot of time, I'm sure. How does it feel now that you can call yourself officially a published author? It's still all setting in. <laughs> it feels pretty great, new, it's a complete new world. But other than that, it's amazing. What would you say was the biggest challenge of writing this and then getting it published? Ooh, <laughs> putting it <laughs> together, getting the everything to flow, the story mm. itself, I guess. <laughs> mm. About how long were you working on it? It took about a whole year to put the whole story together with the revising, the rewriting, putting in, taking out, just making it complete. While you were writing, did you get writer's block at all? Not during this story, actually. This story just flowed on out. Every time I picked up my computer or a pen or paper, it just flowed. Mm. So it was really nice. So you said you didn't get it on this one, so I assume you've got it other places before. Do you have like a strategy for getting yourself back, the words flowing? A quiet space and somewhere where you're comfortable. That works for me. <laughs> so now that you've been through this for the first time, I'm sure you learned a lot. Can you give some words of advice to aspiring authors who want to put their first one out there too? I say do it. Just write, hmm. put it out there, and just keep trying. And eventually one of your stories will make it, right? Absolutely. So do you have more plans for stories for Aslan and Nia or writing more books? Of course. I plan on making a sequel. Oh, excellent. Are you far yes. along in that process? I actually started my second book. This book, actually, I have writer's block on. So I'm working through it. It'll be released soon. <laughs> We're looking forward <laughs> to it. Yes. 
Did you have anybody in your life who knew that you were taking this on, knew that you're writing and publishing a book and that it was going to be a lot of work and they could just be there to maybe motivate or encourage you? Mm, my family. My family has been through every step with me on this book. They've listened to all the ranting about my characters and <laughs> how sometimes it won't flow right. They've given me wonderful advice mm. and great support system. Oh, that's wonderful. What kinds of readers do you think that this was aimed for? Uh, well, I'm aiming for zero to 12, but honestly, anybody of any age is more than welcome to read it. It's a funny read. Would you call yourself an avid reader? Yes, I would. <laughs> what kinds of things do you enjoy? A lot. I like a wide variety of different kinds of stories. I do tend to stay toward fiction, fantasy, action and adventure, and I do love a good romance. Well, that's wonderful. Yeah. China's book is called The Adventures of Aslan and Nia. Of course, written by China Baini Ogden and published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this everywhere that you pick up your books on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores, too. Well, China, thank you for being on the show here with me. I had a really nice time talking with you. Thank you, me too. Thanks for having me. Readers experience true-life adventure and maybe a little nostalgia in the new book by Bill Brown, titled Survival Tips for Living the Adventurous Life. I'm really happy that Bill is joining me here right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Bill, thank you for joining me. You're welcome. Glad to be here. Can you tell me what you've written about in Survival Tips for Living the Adventurous Life? Sure. Basically, it's things that I remember and things I've been told that happened to me uh, from, oh, I don't know, about age two on up to, uh, you know, beyond 65. And uh, just how did I survive all those crazy things? You know, a couple of, you know, an airplane crash, uh, another airplane trying to lose its engine been upside down in cars a few times, those those kinds of uh, things, you know, how do you, I'm not recommending anybody do them, I'm just saying, how do you survive them? I'm generally a curious guy, and I remember uh, specifically sometime around age two or so that I plugged a couple of keys into an electric uh, socket and <laughs> shot me across the room. Oh, Boy, no. was that, a, you know, I, 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 I have not played with electricity since. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. Yeah. How long did it take you to write this? It took me about a year or so to kind of put it all down, remembering things and, and checking, checking my facts, that kind of thing. Hmm. Have you ever tried to do anything like this before? Write a book or publish anything? No, not really. No. This is just kind of a dream of mine. I just started you know, putting stuff together and, and just kind of all poured out. Congratulations on getting it out there. A lot of people say they're going to get a book out sometime and never get around to it, and you've done it. So how does it feel now that you can look in the mirror and say, hey, now I'm officially a published author? Uh, it's quite a great feeling. I'm no Hemingway, but uh, golly gosh, you know, it's nice to have a book out there. Mm. Would you have any words of advice for aspiring authors, people who, like you, have been dreaming their whole lives of putting out a book and want to finally do it? Yeah, just uh, just get to it. I'm not, I don't type fast, but I, I do type on the computer and uh, it just kind of all comes out, you know, and don't let the blank page scare you. Just jot down first a few feelings you know, where you're, wherever, whatever you're going to write about, you know, things that you're familiar with, and then fill in the rest from there. Looking ahead, do you plan on maybe writing more and publishing more? Oh, yes. Yeah, I, I definitely will. The experiences that came out in the book are basically ways that I learned to uh, be a better person. That's basically what, the way I learned how to do it is growing up through all those adventures. But there's certainly not everything I've been through, but just the, some of the main ones. Writing a book, publishing a book is a huge undertaking. Did you have people helping you out along the way, either there for encouragement or for other things? 
Yes, I did. I, I, I turned to some of my uh, college friends and had them read sections of it and say, okay, this, this is what I remember. Does it make sense? And, and uh, they encouraged me. Yeah, yeah. Keep on going. Between that and my family, yeah, I've made a lot of, you know, it's, it's friends and family. That's uh, really what it's about. Did you ever hit a time where the writing got hard? You sat down, you wanted to write, and the words just weren't coming out, a classic writer's block sort of thing. No, not really. Second book, thinking about what I'm going to write about, yeah, that's a little bit of it. But when I was writing the book, I just kept, just kept, uh, oh, yeah, what about this? Oh, yeah, I forgot that. Well, what about this one? <laughs> and just kept plugging in. Well, the name of the book is Survival Tips for Living the Adventurous Life, written by Bill Brown and published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this everywhere that you shop for books on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores, too. Bill, thank you for joining me tonight. I had a nice time talking. Thank you. Thank you. It was, it was a pleasure. Prayer is an integral part of Christian life, and author Eleanor File aims to reignite believers' prayer lives in her new book, Mission Miracles and the Prayers of God's People. Eleanor is right here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Eleanor, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Well, thank you for having me. Can you tell me all about Mission Miracles and the Prayers of God's People? Well, it's a book meant for people in the churches who support missionaries in the evangelical churches. And it's meant to encourage them to pray about things they don't hear about in the prayer letters of the missionaries. Or sometimes missionaries don't have time to write prayer letters or they're in such difficult circumstances they really can't. I often said when I wrote letters that, uh, remember, when you don't hear from us, it means we need more prayer not less. <laughs> mm. And so I'm trying to give a little bit of guidance as to how to pray in times like that, how to read between the lines to pray. You've obviously identified a need in the prayer lives of people. Was there anything in particular that gave you the idea to write this? Well, I've always enjoyed missionary biographies. And uh, when I was on the field, there was a time when I wasn't well, and there came into my hands letters from a missionary who had lived on the very same property we were living on and done very similar work to what we were doing. And so I, I just devoured those letters and uh, realized how much her life was like ours. Uh, usually when we think back of missionaries like in the uh, 17th or 18th century, we think about the differences because of the differences in time and the conveniences and the diseases and things like that. Mm. But I began to see the similarities between us. And I realized, I think even back then, that the spiritual warfare that it is, is really the same today as any time mm. and here as anywhere else in the world. And actually, for any believers, as well as for missionaries. Mm. <laughs> and so as I was writing the book, I realized that and pointed out that this, this is for any Christian who is living for the Lord. These are the types of prayers that need to be prayed. But I use these missionary biographies. I've always loved missionary biographies to demonstrate because I wanted to make it interesting for the people to read. I've noticed that in the churches, there wasn't as much prayer. After we retired, and weren't traveling as missionaries. And of course, when we did, we met people who were interested in missions and people who were praying. But now I've noticed generally as we just were worshiping in the churches, there wasn't as much prayer as I would have hoped for. Hmm. So I'd like to encourage people to do more praying for missionaries in an informed way. Sounds like an awful lot of work went into this. Did this take you a long time to write and publish? It did. It was about six years because 
I mean, it just came out of a hobby I had of reading these biographies. And then I started, and but then we'd have different projects to do. We went back to the field every year after we retired for a number of years for a month or a month and a half. And there just were different things coming up. I didn't rush through to get it done until just a couple of years ago. And then it took me about a year and a half in the publishing process. So it's been six years at least. So looking ahead, do you have plans to write and maybe publish some more? Yes, I've always thought that both my husband and I should publish our memoirs. Mm. And we must get started on that because we're 82 now. <laughs> so, um, you know, there aren't too many years left, probably. And we would do that more intentionally than I did this book. This book was more of a hobby. Now we will more intentionally write our memoirs. Mm, we certainly hope so. The book is called Mission Miracles and the Prayers of God's People, written by Eleanor File and published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can get this everywhere you shop for your books. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, traditional brick-and-mortar stores, too. Eleanor, thank you again for joining me tonight. Thank you for writing this really important book. I had a really nice time chatting with you. Well, you're very welcome, and thank you. Sitting down here right beside me at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Henry Cassell Rushmeyer. He's got a new book out called The English Way of Life, A Critique. Henry, thanks for being here with me tonight. Thanks for inviting me. Can you tell me what you've written about in The English Way of Life, a critique? Yes, well, I wrote about the English life society, as I um, understand it, after living in um, London for uh, seven years, serving in a London parish and uh, teaching in an um, English private school, uh, religious studies. Hmm. How long were you working on this? Just a few months. I, I wrote it in the... Um, last few months that I was in London. I left London in uh, December 1996, and I wrote it as an academic exercise. What sorts of readers do you think this was aimed for? I think it's aimed for everyone. I hope that all Americans will read it because it has a lot to do with uh, comparing English society and government with American society and government. I think it's a book that you have to read from cover to cover. You can't just delve in and read a chapter here and a chapter there. It's really a, a unity. Hmm. Could you give us an example of what you think is one of the main differences between the English way and the American way? Of course, England is, in one sense, our oldest adversary. And 1776 was a crucial point in American history, as well as English history, the Declaration of Independence, which uh, laid out the American creed, so to speak. And the English have a monarchy, and we have a uh, representative republic. So in one sense, the English government is an absolutist state, and we are a people who respect individual freedom and rights, and the government is for us. And in England, the government is really um, oversees the lives of the people, which is not so in our country, where ideally we speak for ourselves through our representative government. Hmm. Prior to this, have you written or been published? Yes, I wrote a history called Chateaugay Lake and the Adirondack Resort Era, 1830 to 1917, and it was uh, privately printed in 2010. It's a history of a um, lake in the Adirondacks where my family um, summered for many years. It's quite a complete uh, history of all the people who uh, summered there and how the um, Adirondacks evolved as a um, resort. Interesting. 
Now, looking ahead, do you have any plans to write more, maybe get some more books published? Well, yes, I've thought of a couple of things. I've thought about doing a um, biography of someone who uh, one summer at Chattagay Lake a long time ago. She was an opera singer, Geraldine Farrar. I also thought about doing a history of the um, town I grew up in on Long Island called Baldwin. Hmm. But they might not transpire, but those are just two things I've thought about in the back of my mind. I'm quite interested in history, and my book on the English way of life has a lot of history in it. Yeah, a lot of very interesting ideas there. Would you have any words of advice now for aspiring authors? Well, I guess you have to have something uh, you're very interested in to write about that would guide and, and direct you in, in that respect. I think sometimes people have a very good writing style, but they don't have a whole lot to say. And some people don't have a particularly good writing style, but they have a lot to say. <laughs> so I'm not sure if I'm in the second category, but <laughs> I write things that truly interest me and bring forth ideas and people that I think everyone should know about. The book is called The English Way of Life, A Critique written by Henry Cassell Rushmeyer and published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this everywhere that you shop for your reading material, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, traditional brick-and-mortar stores as well. Now, Henry, thank you again for joining me tonight here. I had a very nice time talking with you. Thanks very much, Corey. I appreciate it. Choices is the new book by author Eden Fergiev. It's out there right now on store shelves. Eden is right here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Eden, thank you for joining me tonight. Hi. Can you tell me what you've written about in Choices? Yes, of course. I've written about a princess named Diana, and she had to make different decisions throughout the book. I don't want to spoil too much, but she had to make specific decisions which were forced on her by someone that stays mysterious until the end of the book. And I just want to go for a suspenseful tone throughout the entire book. What sort of reading audience do you think this is best suited for? Well, I think anyone could read it that likes fairy tales or rhyming stories. A parent can read to their kids because it's very, well, it rhymes, so it might be appealing to the ear, and they could just read it for themselves as well, as long as that's something they would enjoy to read. Hmm. Prior to this, have you written or been published? I have written a lot. I've been writing since I was in second grade. I always wanted to publish something. But no, this is the first book that I've published. Congratulations on that first published one. It's not an easy thing to do. Thank what would you. you say is the most challenging part of the whole process? The most challenging part? Probably just to keep going with it, hmm. like to keep writing, because you can give up. You might think your idea isn't well, and then you, of course, start asking for other people's opinions, and they're all over the place. So just to keep going with it is the most hardest. I wouldn't have went on with it if not for my mom. She kept listening to me and... Yes, keep going with it would be the most hardest. Oh, certainly important to have that support there while you're doing that to keep you going. Mm -hmm. About how long were you working on it? Around three years. I started in seventh grade, and I finished it around the start of 10th grade. It was more of an on and off because I had a lot of schoolwork and extracurriculars. So whenever I had free time or I was, let's say, I just got a random idea. It could be in the middle of the night. I would just get up and write something. Can you go back and think of inspiration in your life, whether it was teachers or maybe things that you've read that inspired you to pursue writing in your life? Yes. So I, as I was little, when I was little, my mom would read to me Russian fairy tales by Alexander Pushkin. Mm. And they were rhyming and they were in Russian. They were very cute. 
and I really liked them. And I thought about writing something that rhymed and was a fairy tale. I thought it was a very nice idea. Also, I really enjoyed Disney princesses like Sleeping Beauty when I was young and Cinderella. And I just kind of thought about putting them together and writing something of myself, like my own idea. And that's how I got it. That's wonderful. Do you have any words of advice now for aspiring authors, for people like you who want to publish their first book? Well, if you have an idea, just write it. You might not finish all of them. It's not really about the finishing or whether it gets famous or doesn't. As long as you write down, you're not ashamed of what you're writing. You're bound to make it at some point. Hmm. Looking ahead, do you plan on keeping this going and writing more, publishing more? Yes, I would love to publish some more. I have a few books in progress right now. Some of them rhyme, some of them don't. I don't just work on one book at a time because I feel it gets boring. and just want to work on some at the same time. When you got that first physical copy of this in your hands after putting all that time and hard work into it, what was going through your mind? What were you feeling? I couldn't believe it. I didn't think it was actually happening. I was very excited about it actually happening. I was so grateful and thankful, and I just, I just couldn't even think. <laughs> it was very awesome. Mm. Well, the name of the book is Choices, written by Eden Fergiev. It's published by Fulton Books. You can find this everywhere that you shop for your reading material, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores, too. Well, Eden, thank you very much for joining me here today on the show. Congratulations on getting your first work out there. We're looking forward to a lot more from you. I had a great time chatting tonight. Thank you. Me as well. Author Michael J. Lewinsky shares his views about our current state in his new book, Dark Times, A Lockdown and a Call to Arms. I'm really happy to be joined by Michael right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Michael, thank you for being here today. You're welcome. It's a pleasure to be with you. Can you tell me all about what you've written about in Dark Times, A Lockdown and a Call to Arms? Well, I, I wrote about uh, the pandemic. Uh, when it started... Uh, I thought this was going to be important, so I began uh, researching what was going on, and uh, I developed a book. Is this the first time you've written, or have you done this kind of thing before? Well, I, this is the first time I published. I wrote a book maybe 30 years ago. Hmm. And what was the whole process like for you? Was it an easy process to write it and get it out there to the world, or were there speed bumps? No, it was fairly easy. Uh, I just went along every day, and it took me about four months to produce a book, and then a lot longer to uh, get it out to the public. What sorts of readers do you think would benefit the most from your book? Probably the people who had a hard time going through the pandemic. I tell a lot of stories about the people who experienced the things that went bad for them and went well for them. Do you have any words of advice for aspiring authors that would also have a message and want to get that out there to the world as well? Just follow your dreams and uh, stick with it. Looking ahead, do you plan on writing and getting more books published? Well, I'm researching uh, a book right now about the Biden administration. It'll take me a lot longer to publish this book, but I'll probably be done in maybe two years. So did you have people in your life around you who were motivating you or encouraging you? You know, writing a book is not an easy thing. A lot of time, a lot of hard work. Were there people helping you along the way? Yeah, my daughter was a big help, and uh, I was inspired by uh, President Trump. I'm a big Trump fan and look forward to voting for him uh, in 24. Now, when you got that first physical copy of your book in your hands, 
I'm sure you were just seeing it on the computer screen most of the time up until then, but it's finally published. You have a physical one there. Uh, what kinds of things were you feeling? What was going through your head? It was like euphoria. Mm. I I just, I couldn't believe it. It was, you know, sitting and looked at it, and it was great. Now, have you ever sat down to write and got writer's block? No, not really. Mm. You know, it, it just it flows fairly smoothly for me. Mm. You're one of the lucky ones then. Yeah, I, I am. <laughs> Is there anything else that you'd like to tell our listeners about dark times, a lockdown, and a call to arms? Yeah, if you went through this period and you had difficulties, you need to read this book so you can uh, see how others have dealt with the lockdown. Michael's book is called Dark Times, A Lockdown and a Call to Arms. It's published by Christian Faith Publishing and, of course, written by Michael J. Lewinsky. You can find this everywhere you shop for books, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, traditional brick-and-mortar stores as well. Well, Michael, thank you again for joining me. I had a nice time chatting tonight. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate uh, you chatting with me. The story of a lost pup unfolds in the new book by Darcy Mason titled Twinkie and the Village. I'm really happy to welcome Darcy to the show right now. Darcy, thanks for being here with me tonight. Thanks for having me, Corey. Can you tell me all about the story that you've written in Twinkie and the Village? Yes. This is a true story about a four-pound Yorkshire Terrier that got away from her keeper while my husband and I were out of the country on vacation. And she spent four nights and five days on the streets of Richardson, a suburb outside of Dallas. And if it wasn't for all of the neighborhood, all the people that lived here, everyone just band together looking day and night for my pup. And um, we ultimately found her unharmed. I'm, I'm actually the one that found her. I was walking down an alley and getting close to the end of the road and a feeling just literally washed over me. And I turned around in the alley and she sat in the middle of the alley, about 10 feet behind me, just looking at me. It was as if God had just dropped her in the alley after this adventure. And and there she was and not a scratch on her. (laughs) What a wonderful story. Was there anything in particular that inspired you or gave you the idea to write this in book format and tell it to the world? We wanted, my husband and I felt so compelled to write the book to pay it forward back to the community. So Mm. we did go through the process, which was not easy for for a first time, having never done this before. Mm. But we wanted to do it because we are donating 100% of the profit to local Richardson shelters and rescues as a way of saying thank you to the neighborhood and the community. It certainly, I'm sure, was a learning process. What advice would you give to somebody who's looking to embark on this journey as well? Well, funny you would ask that, Corey, because a couple of people have called me that are in the process. And my main source of advice to them was just be patient. It's going to take way longer than you want. It's going to have to go through a lot of edits and you're going to miss things and they're going to miss things. And if you want it to be right, just be patient and hang in there and eventually it will get done. (laughs) Was this an easy thing for you to write as far as actually sitting down in front of the computer and getting the words going? Uh, Was that an easy thing or were there a lot of stops and starts? You know, it it was difficult for me. I am an operations manager by trade. I, I run our company. I'm the details. I'm the facts and all of that. And so I found it very difficult to fill in the imagination portion of it. So I reached out to a good friend of mine that's a Montessori school teacher. 
and she works with children and has that level of imagination. And her name is Lily Spencer. And she was the one that filled in the creative little things that she did on her adventure that weren't factual. So if if only Twinkie could have told me herself, I wouldn't have had any trouble. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think that's something significant you bring up and very wise that you did is to seek out help when you realize that maybe it's something you're not familiar with or, or capable of doing on your own. I, I think a lot of authors think that maybe they can do this all on their own, write the book and get it out there. But you need to seek help sometimes because this is a very involved process. Absolutely true. Absolutely good advice. Yes. Now, after working on this book and going through the process, when you got that first physical copy in your hands, what kinds of things were going through your head? Oh, it was, it was just so overwhelming. It really was when I got the first set of author's copies. And it was just a blast sharing with friends and family and everybody. Oh, now you're a published author. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I guess I am. <laughs> it, was, it was a lot of fun. Very exciting. Oh, that's great to hear. The book is called Twinkie in the Village written by Darcy Mason and published by Fulton Books. You can find this everywhere that you shop for your reading material. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores, too. Darcy, thanks again for joining me. Thank you for telling this story and having it go towards such a great cause. We'd really appreciate that. It was just a really nice time chatting with you tonight. Thanks so much, Corey. Nice to speak with you as well. It's a children's book with a great message. It's titled, Old Granny Wrinkles and the Fuzzy Wuzzies. And the author, Jennifer Meeks, is right here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining me here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Can you tell me about the story you've written in Old Granny Wrinkles and the Fuzzy Wuzzies? Yes. Old Granny Wrinkles is actually a character that I created whenever I was a child. And I fairly recently thought, you know, I need to make a book out of her. And it's a really, really cute story. It's about this entity called Old Granny Wrinkles. She's kind of like a grandmother figure. And she created this dimension called Ever. And people in our world, like when they think of positivity and good things, you know, her world gets stronger and she gets stronger. And But when people think of negative and really bad things and mean to each other, then it creates this entity in her world called the darkness and the darkness can destroy her world and if it destroys her world ours gets destroyed as well they're kind of connected and so what she does is she comes to our world and she takes these kids that you know because kids are innocent mm. so it takes his kids to help her fight the darkness and it's really really cute it's got unicorns and dragons and big giant butterflies and you know, it's just a fun little story about positivity and being positive and yeah. Is this the first time you've written or been published? Very first time. Very first book. Congratulations on getting that first one out there. How's it feel now that you're officially an author? It feels so good. I love it. I'm so excited. I've read my book to a couple of my latchkey students and they mm. loved it. And even one of them, he told me, he goes, you know, I want to start writing now too. And oh, wow. That made me feel so good. Like I wanted to cry because I was like, ah, oh, I inspired somebody to, you know, follow their dream. And and then the Fuzzy Wuzzies is about this little Fuzzy Wuzzy that he's different from all the Fuzzy Wuzzies. And he's a bald Fuzzy Wuzzy. So he gets made fun of a lot. And my daughter actually helped me come up with the idea for the Fuzzy Wuzzies. Oh, wow. So I asked her, I said, you know, what, what should I write about? Because I just finished writing Old Granny Wrinkles and 
she said, well, I think you should write something about being bullied because, you know, she had been picked on at school before. And, you know, I wanted to write something that could make kids think about treating others that are different, nice and, you know, be a friendly. And so are you thinking about taking this journey again, maybe writing another book, getting more published? Yes, I already started to write a devotional on Proverbs. It's so good. I love Proverbs so much. You know, it's just so much common sense in Proverbs and so much wisdom. And I just love it. A lot of it just reminds me of my husband because, you know, one of the things that it says is, you know, a kind word can turn away wrath. Hmm. And we actually experienced a situation where my husband actually did that. One of our neighbors was having a fuss with his wife outside and my husband went over and talked with them and, and actually helped calm the situation down. And, wow. you know, I was just totally amazed. I was like, I've never seen that before. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it was just pretty cool. Yeah, what do you know? The advice in the Bible actually works. It does. It really, <laughs> really does. <laughs> Well, now that you've been through the publishing process for the first time, I'm sure you've learned an awful lot. What advice could you give to aspiring authors? I would say have fun with it. The process is long and it's not cheap, but it is so worth it because when I first got my Old Granny Wrinkles and Fuzzy Wuzzy book in the mail and I got to actually look at it and read it to my girls, it felt so good to accomplish that. And that's something that I wanted to do as a kid. I wanted to be an author. And then I just never really did anything with it. And with COVID and everything, you know, I was home. And so I'm like, you know, I have this extra time where I can, I can do this. And I think if you have fun with it, then, and you really enjoy what you're writing about, and you write something that really means something to you, then other people will enjoy it as well. When it comes to the illustrations, it's a huge part of children's books. What sort of a process was that like with your book? It was a pretty thorough process. Christian Faith Publishing were so wonderful. They would go and they would ask me, okay, so here's the scene. You know, what vision do you have? What pictures do you want in the scene? What are the colors that you're imagining? Mm -hmm. You know, what's happening in this? It's almost kind of like when you envision a movie. You know, that's how I pictured it. Like, you know, how would I picture it on the screen? But, you know, how would I picture it as I'm reading this book and, you know, what's happening in the story? And but they were very thorough and very, very good. And I really enjoyed it. Oh, that's wonderful. The book is Old Granny Wrinkles and the Fuzzy Wuzzies, written by Jennifer Meeks. It's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it everywhere you shop for books at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores, too. Jennifer, thank you again for joining me on the show tonight. I had a really nice time chatting with you. Thank you so much, Corey. I appreciate it. This has been so fun, so exciting. I hope everybody loves Old Granny Wrinkles and the Fuzzy Wuzzies as much as I do. Children will go on a delightful journey through the Bible in Sammy's ABCs of the Bible. It's the new book out right now by Laura Schof, and Laura is sitting down right beside me now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Laura, thank you very much for being here with me tonight. Oh, thank you for having me. Can you tell me what you've written about in Sammy's ABCs of the Bible? So basically, Sammy is a sheep. He is one of Jesus's sheep, and he takes the reader on an ABC tour of the Bible. So there are a bunch of different Bible stories that kids can learn about. There's the birth in Bethlehem, and there's Noah's Ark, and David and Goliath. 
That's wonderful. Where did the idea for this story come from? The last five years have been a little difficult for me. Hmm. My parents both passed away just a year apart. And then our beloved dog actually died the same week as my mother. Oh, my goodness. And I just realized then how short life is, and I just wanted to try something new. I wanted to be able to spend some more time with my husband and children. So I felt God leading me into writing. The past several years, I've taught Sunday school at our church to preschoolers, so I thought a children's book would be the way to go. And what age of children would you say is this best suited for? So this is for children from birth through probably five years. You know, children who want to learn the ABCs, and they can also, each letter in the book has a different color, so they can work on their colors, and they can work on basic reading skills. Hmm. When it came to the illustrations, it's such an important part of children's books, and I could imagine that might be tricky lining up the visuals with what you've written. So what was that like? So Christian Faith Publishing provided an absolutely fantastic illustrator. They are amazing. I cannot draw at all, but (laughs) they did a wonderful job. I had to give them my vision of what each page would look like. They really worked well with me, and I would send it back for revision and say, oh, this is what I think I want. And the artist really was able to capture what I wanted. Then how did it feel when you got that first physical copy in your hands after all that work and all that time? Yes, it was amazing. It took me several years to finish this, and uh, Mm. I actually couldn't believe that I um, did this. (laughs) It's a pretty great feeling to see your name on a book and to see the finished product and see how it turned out. And I'm very pleased with how it turned out, and my family and friends really like it. How wonderful. Is this your first book then? It is my very first book. Congratulations on that. I'm I'm sure it was quite a learning process. Do you have advice for authors who haven't published yet but are looking to go on the journey that you're just on? I think it's always good to ask questions. And again, Christian Faith Publishing, my publicist, I always had questions. And she was always great about getting back to me and just to follow your instincts and, you know, write what's in your heart or what you know about. So looking ahead, are you going to continue writing? I think I would like to continue writing. I've really enjoyed doing the book and everything. I I actually did write a devotional Hmm. that was accepted and went into a booklet, so I would like to keep on writing. Did you have support in your life, people around you who knew you were writing and could support you, maybe motivate or encourage you? Yes, my husband and my two children. Hmm. I have a daughter and a son, and When I went through my revisions, they would look at it. They would give me different pieces of advice. Oh, you should, you know, make it this color. What about this in the picture? And they were really supportive. Well, that's fantastic. Would you call yourself an avid reader? I love to read. Yes, I read every chance I can get. To me, it's very relaxing. It's entertaining. It's a way to take you away from the stresses of this life and and just get some downtime. The name of Laura's book is Sammy's ABCs of the Bible, of course, written by Laura Schoff and published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this everywhere you pick up your reading material, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, traditional brick-and-mortar stores as well. Laura, thanks again for joining me tonight. I had a nice time learning about Sammy's ABCs of the Bible and great time chatting with you. Thank you very much. Stories of Gratitude can be found in the new book by Nadia Sanon, titled, A Grateful Soul. 
Nadia is joining me here right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Nadia, thank you so much for being here tonight. Thank you for having me. Can you tell me all about A Grateful Soul? Basically, A Grateful Soul talks about a few stories that personal encounters with how God worked in my life amazingly and what my experiences through my journey and how he delivered me through my struggles and how I feel about everything that he has done for me. And I am very sure that other people can see their story within my own story as well. Hmm. Basically, that's, that's what the book is all about. It's all about being grateful for God in my life, being grateful to be his child. And this is it. This is about it. Hmm. How did the idea come to you to write this book and publish it for the world? It was God who inspired me to write the book, basically. And also, I felt like I don't I didn't want to forget what I've been through. I wanted to whatever that I've been through, write all my experiences, all my journeys as a Christian to be alive every day. Like it was yesterday. It happened yesterday. And I also think that it would be inspired to other people as well. Because I know those struggles, they are very, they are like everyday struggle that regular people go through, mm. especially Christians, because our lives is not easy, you know, to the world. And it's not easy. Everything that we have to do is like a, a fight. We have to fight because the other side don't want us to be where God wants us to be. So they want to fight us every step of the way. If so much of getting through struggles is just knowing that you're not alone in what you're going through. So that's really important that you're sharing your experiences with the world and letting people know, hey, I know that you might be going through this too, so you're not alone. I can help. That's very important. Yes. How long were you working on this? Basically, I started working on it the first day I started going through my struggles. Hmm. I remember it was back in 2015. That's when I first got attacked. I like uh I received a satanic attack where I had a spirit of depression that was oppressing me, even affected my daily activities, like my job. I had to resign from my job, you know? Wow. So twenty fifteen, this is when I started writing about things that are happening in my life. Have you written anything before this or been published before this? No. Congratulations on getting your first book out there. How did it feel when you got that first physical copy in your hands after all that time and hard work on this? Oh, my God. I cannot tell you. It felt amazing. Mm. It felt amazing. It was like words cannot even explain how I felt. Mm. Because at first, when I thought about I said, OK, I'm going to write the book. I didn't have any money. I didn't have a way to get it out there. But I knew that I have to write the book. So saying it after when I get the copy in my hand. I started remembering when I said it, and then here it is, it comes to life. So, yes, the word in the beginning was the word. The word was God. So, basically, the word, everything that are created, they were created by the word. So, here it is. <laughs> what advice would you offer then to aspiring authors who are looking to embark on this journey themselves? I would say do not stop writing. Don't stop putting themselves on a piece of paper saying, yes, this is who I am. This is what I've been through. Even if it's a, it doesn't have to be a struggle. It can be like, you know, things that, that were like 
enjoy in life, you know? Mm. Don't be afraid to express yourself to the world. Believe it or not, if you don't do it, you might find somebody else who's doing it for you and it's not going to look good on you. That's great advice. So looking ahead, do you plan on maybe writing some more and getting more books published? Oh, yes. Yes, I definitely have more. I, I have the idea of writing more books. I do. Well, that's wonderful. Often when you write, you also are a reader. Would you call yourself an avid reader? Yes, I'm a reader. I like to read any kind of books. As long as it's interesting and I'm learning something about it, I, I don't mind. My favorite book is, is, is the Bible, though. <laughs> oh, that's, that's a good one to have as your favorite. Yes. Did you have people in your life who were around you, were aware that you were writing this and working on getting it published, who could stand behind you and motivate you, maybe encourage you a little bit? None. Zero. Wow. <laughs> I didn't have nobody who knew I was writing a book. Everybody that knew me, including my family, they knew that I was going through a difficult time. They knew that I was sick. That's about it. I never let nobody know that I was writing. Every time, every situation that happened to me, every attack that I received satanically, I write. No, nobody knew. Wow. Nobody knew about it. Well, Nadia, thank you for writing this. It takes a lot of courage to tell your story like this, but also you're helping so many people, and we are grateful for your gratitude in this book. The book is called A Grateful Soul. It's written by Nadia Sanon and published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this everywhere you shop for books, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores, too. Nadia, thank you again for joining me tonight. I had a wonderful time finding out about your book and a really nice time chatting with you. Okay, it was a pleasure meeting you with you. Thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. We hope to see you back here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where independent new authors come first.